0: Yes, yeah, so Acts chapter 22, verses 1 to 22. Brothers and fathers, listen now to my defense. When they heard him speak to them in Aramaic, they became very quiet. Then Paul said, I am a Jew born in Tarsus of Silesia, but brought up in this city. I studied under Gamaliel and was thoroughly trained in the law of our ancestors. I was just as zealous for God as any of you are today. I persecuted the followers of this way to their death, arresting both men and women and throwing them into prison, as the high priest and all the council can themselves testify. I even obtained letters from them to their associates in Damascus, and went there to bring these people as prisoners to Jerusalem to be punished. About noon, as I came near Damascus, suddenly a bright light from heaven flashed around me. I fell to the ground, and I heard a voice say to me, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? I asked, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting, he replied. My companions saw the light, but they did not understand the voice of him who was speaking to me. What shall I do, Lord? I asked. Get up, the Lord said, and go into Damascus. There you will be told all that you have been assigned to do. My my companions led me by the hand into Damascus, because the brilliance of the light had blinded me. A man named Ananias came to see me. He was a devout observer of the law and highly respected by all the Jews living there. He stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that very moment I was able to see him. Then he said, the God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one and to hear words from his mouth. You will be his witness to all people of what you have seen and heard. And now, what are you waiting for? Get up. Be baptized and wash your sins away, calling on his name. When I returned to Jerusalem and was praying at the temple, I fell into a trance and saw the Lord speaking to me. Quick, he said, leave Jerusalem immediately, because the people here will not accept your testimony about me. Lord, I replied, these people know that I went from one synagogue To another to imprison and beat those who believe in you. And when the blood of your martyr Stephen was shed, I stood here, there, giving my approval and guarding the clothes of those who were killing him. Then the Lord said to me, Go, I will send you far away to the Gentiles. The crowd listened to Paul until he said this. Then they raised their voices and shouted, Rid the earth of him, He's not fit to live.
1: Are we in business? Yeah? Excellent, okay. Um, it is lovely to be with you this morning. Thank you for turning out on what my mum would call a grotty morning to be here. Um, it's good to be together. Um, I'm just gonna pray really quickly. Lord Jesus, I just pray that you would take the words that I have got and speak your word through them. I pray that we might understand this better, that we might draw closer to you, that we might be open to what you want to say to us. Come and speak now, Lord, we pray. Amen. So, as you know, we're going through the book of Acts. And I don't know about you, but whenever I'm reading Acts, I find myself thinking... Where is Paul now? And um, so just to clarify, if it works, is it gonna work? It might not work. It's not working, Andy. Okay. Can you press it? Oh no there it is? He's here. Okay, he's kinda of been round everywhere and now he's here. He's back in Jerusalem. And that in itself is quite remarkable, because he's been explicitly told by a man called Agabus that it is not going to go well for him if he goes back to Jerusalem. His friends have pleaded with him, Paul, don't go. And he goes anyway. He said he's willing to die for the gospel and you have to admire his bravery if nothing else so this morning i'm calling this talk again if it works yeah they no, know it worked too much that time adversity the accusation and the answer and i think what we have here is a sort of a blueprint from paul about how to deal with adversity an accusation. So he's in Jerusalem and he's not been there for very long when it all kicks off. We're told that some Jews from the province of Asia saw Paul at the temple and what can only follow is what we would call a riot. Firstly, they accuse him This is the man who teaches everyone, everywhere, against our people and against our law. Then they abuse him. Acts 27 says they seize him, they drag him, they try to kill him, and the whole city of Jerusalem was in uproar because of him. Then they arrest him. And then... And only then do they ask him, who are you and what have you done? Now, you'd think after all that effort and all that uproar that they would have known who he was and they would have known what he'd done, but apparently not. Verse 34 says that the chaos of the riot and the violence of the mob was so great that the Roman commander in charge could not get at the truth because of the uproar. I'll say that again. He could not get at the truth because of the uproar. I have some sympathy with that Roman commander. Sometimes it seems that we cannot get at the truth. Or that we know what the truth is, but for some reason we can't reach it. It's just beyond our grasp. We live in a world today where it's hard to get at the truth. We have a Prime Minister who can't confirm whether he was at a party or not. We have a Parliament where you can be thrown out of the House of Commons for accusing someone of lying, but not for actually lying yourself. We have public funds which are fraudulently wasted on unusable PPE during a pandemic, but hospitals who don't have the resources that they need to help people. Can we not get at the truth here? In this story, I feel like the Roman commander Looking at the chaos in front of me and saying, God, what is going on here? So, what is the answer? Let's look at what Paul says. Here we go. It's a remarkable response from a man who has been entirely transformed by his encounter with the Lord he starts by saying who he is. I am a Jew, born in Tarsus of Cilicia, trained in the law of our ancestors. And it's interesting that when he says who he is, he's really saying whose he is. I am a Jew, part of God's chosen family. Redeemed and set apart by God to be holy. Blessed to be a blessing. To bring light into darkness. He's remembering and recounting who he is. His identity as a child of God. Let's turn this one right way around. Then... He recounts what God has done for him. His conversion experience on the road to Damascus. There he is. Um, Ananias restoring his sight. God's call on his life to be a witness to all people of what you have seen and heard and his call to the Gentiles. How do we, as God's people, Address adversity. Paul gives us a blueprint here. We may never be the focus of an angry mob trying to kill us, but we do all face adversity and challenge every time we turn on the news, if nothing else. How do we respond? Firstly, we remember who we are. We are children of the Most High God, Sons and daughters and heirs and co-heirs with Christ. We have been rescued and redeemed and ransomed by the blood of Christ. We've been set apart, not so we can get off on our own specialness, but so that we can offer the freedom that Jesus brings to other people. Then, we remember what he's done in our lives. I didn't go blind on the road to Damascus, and I don't think that you did either. But I have a testimony of what God's done in my life, and I expect you do too. Tell it. Practice it. Repeat it to yourself if there's no one else. I'm struck by how well rehearsed Paul's testimony is. He's memorised the exact words that were spoken to him. He's clearly told this tale many, many times before. This is what Paul does. This is his response to adversity. And I think it could be ours too. We have to acknowledge that it doesn't change his circumstances one bit. Verse 22 says that they raised their voices and shouted, Rid the earth of him, he's not fit to live. But it changes Paul. It shifts the focus off what's happening in the world and onto the God who has called us to be his and to hold out the word of truth and hope and life to a broken world. And as we encounter God and his Holy Spirit and gain access to the love, the joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness and self-control which he offers and which we're all craving. Psalm 21 says that we are to lift our eyes up to the hills and we've got plenty of those in Sheffield. Where does our help come from? Our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. May you know this morning whatever it is that you're facing, that he loves you, he's called you, he wants to know you, he's got a plan for you, he wants to work with you and in you and through you. May we lift our eyes off our circumstances and onto the God who changes everything. Amen.